0: Standing for the reading of the word, uh, Rob, will you help me with my pulpit? This is a familiar passage, and I want to stand in reverence for this word because this is the word of God. Uh, I'll preach a little bit, but this is th- this is what we really want. We want God to speak. Um, but I want you to show. I want to show you this, and and many of you have heard this passage before. But I want to illuminate something new for you. You ready for something new? Are you ready for something new? Okay. Yeah. Because this is not a spectator sport. This is an engagement process that we flow together. And in Luke chapter 10, Jesus starts teaching them how to flow with him in ministry. And, and, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading or understanding of it? So he answered and said, You shall love the lord your god with all your heart all your soul all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as your he said to him you have answered rightly do this and you will live but he wanting to justify himself said to jesus and who is my neighbor somebody say who's my neighbor Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, and who was stripped of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down. Now by chance a certain priest. Now by chance a certain priest came down the road, and when he saw him, he passed on the other side. Likewise, the Levite, when he arrived at the place, he came, he looked, and he passed to the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, everybody say journeyed came where he was and when he saw him he had compassion, so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring oil, pouring on oil and wine, and set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took the two denarii, give him, uh, gave them to the innkeeper, and whatever he, he said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, I, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he answered, he said, he who showed mercy. Then Jesus said, go and do likewise. Lord, we thank you, God, for your word that is about to pierce bone and marrow, soul and spirit right to the depths of who we are. We didn't come here to be inspired. We didn't come here, God, Lord, to just be motivated. We came here to be transformed by the word of God. We thank you, God, Lord, that your word is going forth and it's building faith. And those who have doubt, guess what? You're in the right place because faith is built by hearing and hearing the word of God. And we thank you, God, that you've drawn us into this place, not by chance or coincidence because there's no such thing, but you brought us here on purpose. And we thank you, God, that we're here with you. And I pray that you'd anoint me to preach your word. I pray that I would flow with you in the Holy Spirit, and that it would be your words and not mine, your will and not mine, your way, and that the assignment that you have me on, you would anoint me to complete, and I thank you, Lord, for this day. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Awesome. Thankful to be in the house? All right. Before you're seated, turn to the person on your right and your left and say, I'm thankful I sat next to you. Ready to hear the word? Yeah. I, I think that God wants to do something and kind of surprising for you. I think God wants to shock some people, and I think God wants to surprise you in ways that you didn't see. Sometimes when we read the Scripture, we read a lot of like we picture the love that we should have for one another, and that's great. Um, and but we really don't catch the fact that we should love when people least expect it, love even more when they least deserve it, and, and go farther than they ever expected. That's really, there's a big heart piece right there, but I can't, I'm I'm going too far ahead of myself. First, let's start, we'll start at the beginning, but before we do that, I want to welcome some very special people, our both of our prisons that are streaming online, and everybody's here today in this room, those are in overflow, those in the lobby, come on, give it up, come on church, show some love, especially if you don't have to sit in the lobby, put your hands together before I come and clap for you. You start staring at me funny, I'll come over and teach you. Uh, but we we have uh, an awesome, I mean, growth and movement of God happening here because we're allowing moments with God to become movements in our life. When when it's just a moment, moments will come and go in fade. But when moments transform so much that they're not just informational or inspirational, they're transformational. They become a movement in your life, and that's really I, I used to I used to always want to be inspirational, like Joel Osteen. I love Joel Osteen. Hey God, the man's got game. Game, respect game, right? I, I ain't hating on the game. Don't. The only reason people hate on him is because they're a hater. But that, that, that's the problem with people, right? We don't know how to really love. And so, you know, I, I, I'm really thankful for so many, you know, ways that we can appreciate worship and, and serve the Lord in all kinds of different spectrums and, and dimensions. And and so as we gather here today and you hear this word, I, I don't want you to picture what it is for somebody else. I want you to picture what it is for you. Um And as we get into this word, I want to I wanted to just encourage anybody who's streaming online or those who may have your phone out. It's okay to have your phone out in church as long as you're not scrolling. Okay, you better be paying attention, taking notes. But if you are online, share this right now. Share this right now. Right now, click on that share button, because there are people that their lives are about to be changed when the word is taught and they're going to be transformed forever. And you're going to help do that. So let's start at the beginning. So a lot of people know. Raise your hand if you've ever heard the story of the Good Samaritan. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. I said, okay, good. So not everybody, but most. So then we get to teach it fresh, and I get to show all of you who raise your hands the real purpose and the real reason behind this story. Because I I think many of us have read this story and never really got the full purpose. When you start, when we start off, we start off by hearing a lawyer stood up to test Jesus. See, everything good starts with a lawyer, doesn't it? Yeah. Why y'all laughing? Right? No, I'm just kidding. Lawyers are wonderful. I love lawyers. We have lawyers who tune in, come to this church. You guys just keep tithing and giving. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's wrong. That's terrible. I'll stop that. That's just sinful right there. Um, but no, I, uh, w- w- he starts with a lawyer at testing Jesus, which always turns out great, right? So they test Jesus, and he says, um, how, how should I get eternal life? H- how do I go to heaven? Right? In fact, let's just do a quick poll. If you want to go to heaven, please raise your hand. If that's something you might like. Okay, great. Awesome. So we're all on the same page. So we all have this same question. The old Pentecostals used to say, What must you do to be saved? Right? And, and, and what do you do? Oh, you got to do this. you got to do this. you got to be holy. you got to do this. you got to get baptized. you got to speak in tongues because it's the first evidence of the Holy Spirit. And then you got to do this, and you got to do this. And, and I'm like, whoa, what is this laundry list of salvation? That has nothing to do with what Christ already did. And, and you know what? He's saying, what must we do to have eternal life? And this is powerful because this isn't some random prophet, priest, and teacher. This is Jesus Christ responding to him. So he says, well, how do you read the law? That's Jesus' response. Well, what do you when you read the Bible? What do you get from it? Because he says he doesn't just say when you read the law. He says, "What do you read when you read it?" Yeah. Don't proofread. How many have ever done that before? You're looking for that scripture to prove that they're wrong. Come on, come on, you sinners. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about. You flip it open, you're like, I know it's in Proverbs somewhere. It says, She's wrong, I'm right, she's going to hell, and the devil's gonna deal with her because God loves me. And we're looking for that. We prove or We're looking, we're we're trying to get some, I can prove that anything under the sun is okay because even Paul says that all things are permissible but not all things are beneficial. When you go into the scripture just trying to prove yourself right, you will prove yourself right. But the goal isn't through your pain or through your process or through your purpose, it's through the purpose in which that he spoke it. So it's better to hear his purpose when I want to read his word. So that's how it starts and he says, okay, um, how do you read it? He said, and he answers, amazing. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. Love the Lord your God. And love your neighbor as your? Self. Oh, is anybody going to help? Am I going to preach this whole message by myself today? Love your neighbor as your? Self. Okay, yeah. Love your neighbor as yourself. That was, Jesus Jesus stepped back. That's a pretty good answer. <laughs> There's only a couple times that Jesus said, that's right. Yeah. Most of the time it's like. Aunt wrong. Let me teach you what really is supposed to happen. And he told Peter that. Peter, he goes, Peter, who am I? Oh, you're the son of Jesus. He declares who Jesus is. He says, upon that rock, I'll build my church. Peter got the answer right. When did you want? Who, how many teacher's pets do I have in here who just, you want to be? I wasn't. I was the back of the classroom kind of guy. I was the C student who barely got by. Uh, but all the teacher's pets sit close, right, Robert? Is that what you're a teacher's pet? You just, you're a teacher, so you're obviously you're definitely a teacher's pet, and you want to get the answer right, and you feel so good, and it wouldn't that be amazing to just be with Jesus and in a discussion. He's like, well, what do you think? And you're like, blah 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 blah, and he's like, oh my God, that's incredible, that's right. <laughs> see, see how it feels? It's amazing. I would feel incredible. And then he says, but then he goes, this is where because Jesus always gets the heart. A man said, okay, but to justify his own actions and his own ill will towards people, who's my neighbor? Come on, Mr. Rogers. Who's my neighbor? It's a beautiful day. But who is my neighbor? Turn to your neighbor and say, you my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? That's the title of my message today. It's the voyage part three. Uh, if you haven't been here for the other two parts, you need to listen online, catch up. Um, and there's a lot to this whole series, and God keeps unpacking more. Um, but we're on a voyage. And this voyage requires the right people. And that's what I want to get into. Who's your neighbor? Yeah. Who are we really talking about? But before we go further into that, Jesus says, let me tell you a story. So Jesus doesn't even answer him. He says, let me tell you a story. I love how Jesus, how cool he is. and how He's just on top of it. You, you know, most of us, were in that realm where when somebody gets one at you, you're like, uh, I don't know, everybody. And then you walk off, and then you think of all the good zingers that you had. You know what? Come on, anybody else that know what I'm talking about? Like, you're like, I should have said this. That would have been good. I would have had them. Oh, man. Oh, if I could rewind time. Jesus was always perfect like this. As soon as he says it, he goes, I'm glad you asked. Let me tell you a story. And he begins to tell him the story of the Good Samaritan, but I need some volunteers. So I need some men to volunteer. Four men, real quick, jump up right here. Rob, there we go. Come on. First four guys. Come on, give a hand. Peer pressure them. Give them peer pressure. There we go. Thane, you're going to be the man who gets beat up and killed. Okay? You're my dead guy. All right, and so you guys, you're going to be my priest, you're going to be the Levite, and Gene, you get to be the good Samaritan. You get to be the good guy once. Once. (laughs) I'm kidding. No, Gene knows I love this dude. Okay, so uh, he tells the story of the Samaritan. The Samaritan starts to go on the journey, and as he goes on his journey, from where? Jerusalem to Jericho. Now that, we can uh, ascertain one simple picture, and that is that he's a Jew. So he's coming from worship, and now he's going home, okay? Simple, real simple, but he's a Jew. So he comes out, and he hits some robbers. The robbers strike him, and they steal everything from him, strip him of his clothes, roll over that way. No, 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 no. Like, just scoot your body that way. They got to walk by you. Now roll this way. No, for real, like, roll on your side that way. Hey, God, do I have any actors in here who are, like, ready to... Thane, help me out, bro. Lean on this side like this. Okay, there you go. Like that, just like that. Don't make me hit you again. Okay. So he gets struck by these robbers, and he's he's beaten, laid for half, half dead. And then all of a sudden, he says, then, what did he say? It's, it's always important to not just speed read the Bible. He says, and by, somebody just said it for me, and by chance we'll talk about that more in a minute but he uh, by chance a priest walks by and a priest decides to come by and a priest just doesn't even look he he automatically (laughs) goes to this side yeah there's an actor god bless him and stop right there yeah see you're already getting your first no don't face this way face that way you're walking you were so good up until then and now he walks by. And what would you do, if, Thane, if you were beaten and laden and you saw the one person in a hundred miles walking by? Yeah. Reach out. Yeah. You, can be, you can't even speak. He's reaching out for him, looking for him, right? What would you do? Let's just be real. Let's get into this story. Because stop. Don't know. what no, You're mute. You, you can't talk. <laughs> we don't need that. So he's laying there and he's reaching out for him. But he, he walks on by. Now, the, the, it's important to know. I want you to write down priest in your notes, and then I want you to write down next to that, the priest represents the law, that's very important, so then, let's go to the Levite, write Levite down, Mm -hmm. and then I want you to write next to that, prophet, so then the Levite comes up, and he goes a step further, at least a step further, he comes to look at him, at least to check on him, and then he decides to walk around him, keep going, (laughs) Kavan, all the way to the end, and then at the end of the sanctuary, stop where Kavan was, right there, Rob. And he does the same thing. He had two guys. No, Understand this. No one else is on this road. You don't know when somebody's going to come by. The two people who could help you walked right by you. The law, the man who ministers to you, left you. Wasn't there to help you. And then the people you go to church with. Right by. No, it's not a true story. But what happened is, I'm going to speak truth into this. What happened is that God is going to transform this because if he's sitting there looking. Go ahead and reach again. This is a lot of us. Look, oh, he wasn't there. He didn't help me. Why didn't they do that? Where were you? And, and in good pain. This is real pain. But as long as we're complaining about who walked by, you'll never see the Savior walking your direction. Because you're constantly lost in the people who aren't with you. You can't see who is with you. You want it it to be those people. But God wants it to be somebody else. And until you get rid of your own preference of who can help you, God will bring the right person to you. But you got to get rid of thinking, those people got to be my answer. Quit looking at them. Don't look at me. Stay oh, Gene, nope, nope, nope. Not there yet. Man down, yep. Don't look, at, don't look to your pastor for Savior. Don't look to your church as your salvation and your hope. Look to God. Because the Samaritan represents the Savior. The Samaritan represents your Savior. He represents the Savior of your life. And you know what? Come back, guys. I want to rewind a little bit. I want to keep. I want to tell another layer of the story. Because this is what we expect. Because, see, in America, especially in America, we read the scripture and we're looking for the bad guy. Who's the bad guy in my life? Always thinking about the one who did me wrong. Always thinking about how they didn't treat me right. Always thinking about how they weren't there for me. Always, we're, we're a constant, we are trained Did you read the scripture like me? I'm like, that priest? Oh my God, he's terrible. If I saw somebody bloodied and beaten on the side of the road, I would at least stop. He didn't even stop. The Levite, the Levite who should do the work of the ministry didn't even stop to help. But what if they had? Let's play that picture. What if, They'd have done something different. Come here. He's coming from the temple, so he he probably was in worship. So he gave, he sacrificed, he did all that kind of stuff, and he has nothing left. But he has a cloak. He has a coat on his back, and all he no 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 all he has is this coat. And he's like, you know what? I can at least give my coat. I'll just give him a coat, and lays his coat and keeps walking. Go ahead. And then the Levite comes, and you know what? I got a little bit of money. Why not? Let's just help this poor guy out. We'll throw some money down, and then just go ahead and keep on walking. So now, look at this. I want to paint a picture. Now, because others have pacified your pain and your hurt and your need, because they've only pacified it and never truly satisfied or healed you, when the Samaritan does come along, because all you wanted was pacification from the people that you desired to help you first, all he sees is a healthy sleeping man with money in his pocket. So the Samaritan has no need to help you whatsoever. And the message that the Holy Spirit gave me today is quit chasing pacification and start desiring true satisfaction that only Jesus can bring. He's the one who's got to heal you. He's the one who's got to help you. He's the one with the money. Think about this. I don't want them helping me. And neither did God. I don't think he even intended. See, our natural perception is there has to be a bad guy. But they're not bad guys. You want to know why? One represented the law. Well, what was the law? Something we couldn't fulfill. What was the prophet? Something we could only talk about to come. But what was the Savior? He was the one who brought fulfillment. He was, oh, somebody preach, say that is good. Come on, that is good preaching. I don't, it's not gonna get better than that and he comes in and he says man I've got the money I've got the oil I've got the donkey I've got in fact I know the inn we're supposed to go to get up saddle up I've got the strength to carry you I've got the ability to heal you and God takes you to the finish line because he's the one with all the resources but we're chasing the wrong people I want you on my boat. I want you on my team. I want you on my So Why don't they hang out with me? Why don't they go with me? Why don't you do this with me? Why don't you go out with me? Uh, Come on, let it go. Let those people go walking right on by. You need power relationships in your life. As long as you continue to focus and blame those who kept walking, you'll never see the Savior stepping on into your story. And he wants to show you I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm showing up for you. I'm showing up in your life. I'm showing up more powerfully than I ever have before. But all you keep looking at is who's not with you. What would that be like if all I preached to were the people who were not in this room? I couldn't effectively minister to the people right in front of me. We have to, we got to change our paradigm. We got to change our way we look at relationships. And we got to start saying, okay, God, I'm not looking, I'm not trying to make somebody. Because... Maybe your squad, your friends, well, know, your crew, right? I don't know. That's how I I, put, I would say squad. What do they? What do you think they look like? Because probably what you think they look like is not what God thinks they look like. And the right person isn't going to fit your description. They're not going to have the title you think they should have. What happens when your pastor says, no, I don't want to hang out with you? We got real quiet. What happens? We're gonna get mad. What happens when we're a thousand, two thousand people? And and and, and the, there there are sometimes that people. Because what, what what was he doing? Remember what the scripture says the Samaritan was on what? Oh, some, journey. journey. On a journey. Some may say voyage. voyage. He was on a voy. He had a de- he had a route. He was on that road on purpose. And he knew his road. He knew what he was supposed to do. The priest happened to wander by by chance. That wasn't his assignment. His assignment was over there. But the Samaritan's assignment was part of his journey. And when the Samaritan said, I'm going to help who is in front of me, then God showed him the inn is your next step. How many have ever gotten called by God to do so? Like he said, 2020 is going to be a great year. I'm going to do something. We're going to go to this. and we're gonna, God's going to do something phenomenal. But it seems kind of vague. Come on, anybody? Right? You're like, show me a little more detail. <laughs> what are those steps right there? Oh, guys, we're done with you. Go ahead. Give them a hand. Yeah, go ahead. you grab to a seat. <laughs> Get up, dead man. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> I forgot where I was at, too. Where was I? Tw- oh, yeah, vague 2020. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Speaking of vagueness. What what happens when God's not clear? What happens when you don't know the full map? Let me tell you, it's when you you need to help the closest person to you. Quit asking for help. Start helping whoever's next to you. See, there's a difference between in need and neediness. See, uh, he didn't even have he he the Bible he didn't say anything. He was just wounded. He was in need not needy. And so because he wasn't needy, the right, oh, somebody hear me, the right person stepped into his life. Quit wanting all the wrong people. What is that old country song? Looking for love in all the wrong places. Trying to find so- I No, y'all don't want me to sing. That's why I don't sing on the worship team. <laughs> they have refused to allow me. Are you going to play the keys with me or what, dude? Don't just stare at me. Don't make me get salty up in here and get crazy. Um, but he 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 says, when, when because this is the I, I don't have time to teach on all the elements of the money and the oil and everything. But when you talk about the end, the end wasn't really a part of the journey until he helped the person. So all of a sudden, now I not only know my next step, I know my next two steps. You see what I am saying? When you start just saying, how can I help you? When I said, Chief Treadway, how can I serve you? He said, Landon, how can I help you? And all of a sudden, we built a dream court together. And then I said, okay, uh, you know what? Let me talk to the governor. How can I serve you? And all of a sudden, now I'm on a council to change the entire prison system and reduce recidivism because I said, how can I help you? How can I come on? Turn to your neighbor and say, how can I help you today? Welcome to Chick-fil-A. It's my pleasure. (laughs) Now, I just made everybody hungry for Chick-fil-A, and it's it's Sunday. Closed on Sunday. You're my Chick-fil-A. Do you not know this by yet? Who does not listen to Kanye? Anyway. So I I really got to get to the point. I haven't even preached the main point. So when you talk about, like, this whole picture, right, this whole picture and you see this journey and and, and you see these pieces playing out. What God was trying to say, what Jesus was teaching is not who didn't do the right thing. They couldn't. The law couldn't help you. The prophets couldn't change anything. But your Savior will do everything. And he was trying to communicate a message of provision in your life that will teach you what I would call power people. I want you to write that down. Who's the power person god is trying to put in your life to better your life because what he did is he brought a man who had all the resources knew the innkeeper i know the inn. i'll go pay for it and then i'm gonna pay for everything afterwards and i'm gonna help heal you and then i'm gonna set you back on your feet i'll probably even give you my animal this is extreme generosity and so he gets them all set up this is power relationships all throughout scripture right because what was the original question who's my neighbor who am I called to do life with? Who am I called? Gene, right here. This is a power relationship right here. Because we're called to be together. And only the enemy and his nasty words and plans and schemes can separate us. And only if I agree with it. So that's the other side of that. I, I don't have time to preach that. So when you're talking about power relationships, you're talking about, look all the way to the Old Testament. Who did Mo, who did God send to Moses? Somebody say it. Aaron. Who did God send to David? Jonathan. Who did? Multiple people to Paul. We always talk about Paul like he is the best thing that ever happens in sliced bread. Paul is phenomenal, but Paul didn't make it there on his own. A lot of people talk about, oh, man, I want to be able to do what Landon and Emily do, and I want to be able to preach like that, and, man, I want to be able to jump up there, and, you know, I want to grow a church like that. I want to have a debt-free building. Sure, sure, sure. I'm glad we all want the same stuff, but are you willing to do the same work? I didn't get here by chance. I didn't get here by accident. I didn't get here on my own. I got here because my father established in my family. I got here because my grandfather came before him. I got here because Mike Hayes set me in. I got here because Stephen Hayes empowered me. I got here because God brought people in my life to say, I will not leave you alone. I'm bringing, I'm not just bringing a friend. You got plenty of terrible friends. Let me bring a power relationship in your life. That I can, I can bring somebody who links arm in arm with you and says, "Let's flex on the devil. Let's destroy every work of the enemy. Let's go and do the business of God and let's take the kingdom. Let's take territory. Let's launch out." Come on, Bridge Church. This is a great place to put your hands together and shout unto God. God is bringing power relationships. Paul Was Saul killing Christians? And then Ananias, a powerful man of God, was sent by God to help change Saul to Paul. Somebody's going to be a power relationship that helps change you. Then Titus. Titus was sent to Paul when Paul didn't want to be Paul. (laughs) He's like, dude, I've been in prison three times since we started I've been beaten six times. I, I, I now everybody, both sides hate me. I, I I have no friends. I want to quit. Come on, anybody ever felt like that? I'm done. I, I don't want to be hit anymore. Oh come on, am I preaching to anybody? I don't want to be. I don't want to be somebody's guinea pig anymore. I don't want to do that. And God sends him Titus, and the, Paul says, when I was at my lowest point, God sent me Titus to encourage me, strengthen me, and build me up. Nobody knows Titus. Some of you, when I said Titus, you thought I was talking Greek mythology. It's a book in the Bible, first of all, and it's a man of God, and he's powerful. Then Barnabas, Barnabas, who ended up splitting with Saul because they got into an argument. Did you know it's okay to argue and disagree? It's okay to be angry, too. You know what Paul and, and, and Barnabas did? They got into an argument, and when they got into an argument, they said, you know what, we're not getting along. You go your way, I'll go my way. That's how simple it should be. Don't leave a church and get all loud and crazy. Don't break up with your friends and get all dramatic and loud. Don't get into a divorce and make more issues than there were before. You got issues, you go ahead and say, you go your way, I'll go my way. We don't need a discussion. Some people, they just want to sit you down. Well, let's talk about it for the next six hours. And if we could just really dig in, go away. That's what you need to start saying to people. Go away. Go away. We're not, obviously, we're not meant to be together. Sorry, I love you with a love of, you can still love people and not be together. Did you know that? I can love people and not want to hang out with people. Oh, somebody's going to get free with that statement right there. You'll be like, oh, yes, that's it. Uh Uh-huh. My pastor said. (laughs) Don't go destroying friendships after this service. But Barnabas, who's going to split with Saul. But before that, Barnabas, this is Saul was not being invited to do anything. He was a nobody who was killing Christians and no one wanted him at their churches that they were planting. But Barnabas was a powerful, eloquent, amazing communicator. They all wanted Barnabas. Nobody wanted Paul. They all wanted T.D. Jakes. They didn't want Landon. They all wanted they all wanted Stephen Furtick or who's the, ex the other big-time guy. They all wanted Jensen Franklin. Let me just tell you a secret, by the way. I am best friends uh, with Jen, Pastor Jensen Franklin. Phenomenal. I'm best friends with Stephen Furtick, and I'm best friends with T.D. Jakes. Now, they don't know that, but I am because I don't need to go out to eat with you to be in a relationship with you. I don't need to hang out with you. I, I'm gonna vicariously pray and discern. I'm gonna hear from you. I'm gonna receive. I'm gonna read a book and get connected to somebody. I don't need it. Oh I'm connected to Paul and he's thousands of years before me. Come on, I'm trying to release you from the paradigm of relationships, because I think that we have a false expectation of what relationships should be. We think of movies, we think of memes and gifts, we think of all these little things over here of what a fictional relationship and friendship look like, that they always got to be there. By the way, the Samaritan wasn't there when he got beat. But you know what we expect from a BFF? Can I go a little bit? I know I, I need to hurry, but... It, you know what we expect from a, from a BFF? We expect, you ought to be there every time I call. Oh, a BFF? Ride or die. I said that a little too feminine. I could have said that more masculine. Uh, we, we expect, we think friendships, we have this misconception of what a real friendship looks like. And it's a fictional fairy tale that no one could ever live up to. And the reason you have hard times making friends, some of us, is because you uh, you uh, reflect that image onto them, expecting them to meet expectations they'll never be able to meet. And the reason they fail you so much is not because of what they did wrong, but because of your false expectations that you put on them. Oh, man, that'll preach. I, I'm just going to drop the mic and walk off. It's true. It's true. Uh, how many have been devastated because of a false set of expectations. It's terrible. It's, It's detrimental. The Samaritan wasn't there, but he did show up. And you want to know who brought him? Not his cries, not his issue, not his chaos, not his pain, but the mission of Jesus Christ on him. God brought him on that path. God wanted to be the one who got the glory for meeting his need, not man. And if your friends keep getting the credit for what God's trying to do, He'll never be able to reveal Himself fully to you. You have to step away from bad expectations of relationships, that's unhealthy. And you need to see it through a great perspective of i'm called on a journey so now don't just picture yourself on down there picture yourself up here okay whoever i'm called who steps in front of my way as i'm marching forward with my marching orders if they're in front of me that's my next step that's who i'm supposed to help and when you do when you do you ought to come with the word of god fully in you anointed with the holy spirit that's what the oil represents and in the fullness of the godhead you speak up and say get out of that wheelchair get up off of that ground. I'm going to pick you up. We're going to heal you. We're going to reconcile you to the body of Christ. I've got you. Let's do this. And that's how we step out when we say, okay, no, because he didn't have a discussion with a Samaritan. Hey, would you like my help? Isn't that how we normally do? We walk up to somebody hurting and we're like, oh, well, God, will help you one day. It convicts me. And don't look at it here. Okay, let's flip it. Don't look at it at the people who did or didn't do it right for you. Don't start thinking about that. You perverted the scripture to justify your own actions again. When you start thinking about them, you've you've perverted it. When you start thinking about you and what you should have done better and how you could have done better and how you should have lived, then you're like, okay, now I get the picture. Now I know how to do it. Because all you should do from past pains and hurts is learn from them, not gripe about them. You need to learn from them so you can move on from them. But as long as you keep talking about it instead of praying about it, you'll always live in it and you'll never get out of it. And God is saying, I called you to get up off of that ground and get healing in your heart, healing in your mind, healing in your body." I wish I had 100 people who knew how to stand and clap and shout and give God some praise because he's about to bring power into your life. The right people, the right people are coming your way. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're my neighbor. Come on. Now turn to the other one you ignored. Act like you love them and say, you're my neighbor too. You're my neighbor. Don't get mad at somebody else walking on their assignment. because really all it means is god's got somebody better when that person walks on by oh good he didn't have very much anyway next and and think about this the message of mercy think about this A, a man alone beaten and left half dead god sent three people he will send as many as it takes to get the right one to you so that you will be helped, you will be uplifted, you will be encouraged, you will have the right provision. Somebody, oh, somebody's going to get a relationship like Barnabas and God's going to connect you and they're going to open doors that you couldn't open. They're going to say, because Barnabas, I forgot, I don't even know if I finished that part. Barnabas, who was the great eloquent preacher, He's the one who's told all the other churches who didn't want Paul to come. He said, "You're going to have Paul preach every at all of your churches. You better have him, you better take care of him. This is what I say." And all the churches opened their door. The result of that is 20 percent of the world's population was reached through the ministry of Paul. Come on somebody, but it happened It happened through a power relationship of Barnabas. They're not going to look like you think. They're not going to sound like you think. They're not going to have the title you thought. I had an elderly gentleman come and ask me for some time. I didn't even really know who he was. I said, sure, let's go have coffee. And I'm like, okay, great, tell me your story. And I'm being nice and genuine, but I, I had no idea. I thought nothing. Like, no, there's nothing. This is just me taking time. I'm, gonna, I'm helping him. And you know what god did he began to tell me his testimony and then not only told me his testimony they began to tell me how he's a pastor and he has a church he has a building that's paid off and debt free and he's battling cancer and he's looking for someone to take it over and continue to further the ministry of jesus christ and i look across the table because i'm praying for a building i'm like lord i know exactly what he's supposed to do just tell me when i get to tell him and i was like soda and god brought a power relationship That we have what we have today. Because Pastor Mel decided to say, hey, I want to open a door for you. I want to make a way for you. Come on, somebody. Give God 30 seconds of praise in this place. Shout. Shout hallelujah. Shout thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord. I can't keep, I got to stop. I got to close at some point. But I tell you what, before you go celebrate the Super Bowl, take a moment today and celebrate the people God is bringing and celebrate the people he has brought. Stop talking about the other people. Stop stop acting like you're the judge of whether they did it wrong or right. We got to let go that's the, how many, raise your hand if you learned something new about this good Samaritan dude, yeah, that's what the Holy Spirit told me, as I'm reading it, I'm getting ready for today, I'm like, oh my God, this is good, I can't wait to preach it, I was so excited, it transformed my life, he was like, Landon, are you doing this, and I was like, whoa, hey, hold up there, brother, because God challenged me, never, I want you to know this, I never preach anything that God hasn't told me to do, and, and, put me in a position where I had to do it, even when I was mad. i like, I don't really want to do this, but I'm going to do it. And God God led me in the right direction because I did what he was calling me to do. And God's going to do the same thing for you. As this message was spoken, God spoke to you. I want you to bow your heads, close your eyes. (sighs) Eliminate every name. In fact, if there are names that have walked by you, you don't need to talk to them. You don't need to go find him. The Samaritan didn't go find the priest and the Levite. Have a discussion of why they didn't stop. You don't need to talk with them. You need to just move on. And there are names that you got to let go and get over yourself and quit trying to find justification for your hatred. Maybe it's the people who actually abused you. Maybe it's the robbers. Maybe it's the thieves. It's time to forgive. Time to let them go. Lord, we forgive. I want you to pray with me. Lord, we forgive. We forgive. Before we say anything else, before we do anything else, we forgive. I forgive those who didn't live up according to my standards. I I forgive those who didn't do according to my expectations. They all played a role in my life that brought me to the Samaritan, that brought me to the end. And I thank you, Lord, for every single person. And I sincerely bless them all. I bless them for walking by. I bless them for for beating me. I bless them for the the tests that I had to go through because I needed to go through that. And you're going to bless me through this. Pray if there's anybody in here who needs to step up and become the good Samaritan that God has called you to be. Not according to what others say you should do, but according to what He said you should do. There are people on your road, there are people on your journey. Stop looking for somebody to help you and start looking to help those around you. God wants to help. God wants to use you first before He blesses you. So he needs, to, he needs to get your obedience, if that's all right. We need to be obedient with him first, and we need to get in alignment with him. And then, Lord, I pray right now, in fact, raise your hand if you need a power relationship in your life right now from Titus to Barnabas to all the people we mentioned, the different dimensions of that. Come on, almost every hand in here. And Lord, every hand online. I pray for every single person who needs that relationship. Maybe it's a marriage. Maybe it's a a real, true brother or sister in Christ. Not a friend, but a brother in Christ who will challenge us. A sister in Christ who will check us and help lead us and guide us and heal us, not try to pacify us, but help us get real satisfaction. And I thank you, God, just like you called out the woman at the well, God, to stop letting her live a pacified life and to give her a satisfied life, I pray you'd call us out right now. If there's some stuff we need to deal with in us deal with it so that you might bring the power relationships that we need and if we need to be the power relationship to open up doors to be the encourager to do what God has called us to do then help us to do that in every way every second every time every person possible and I thank you Lord that through our obedience and our calling you will order our steps and you will provide for every step With every head bowed and every eye closed, you can put your hands down. If there's anybody in here or online who wants to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or maybe even rededicate your life, I want you to raise your hand right now. All you need to do is believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. Thank you for that hand. Thank you for that hand. Come on, thank you for that hand. I see you. Thank you for those online. That's beautiful. That's amazing. And I want everybody who raised your hand to keep it high. And I want everybody under the sound of my voice to repeat after me, dear Jesus, I receive you now. As my Lord, as my Savior, as my Heavenly Father, I'm forever yours, and I am saved. In Jesus' name, everybody shouted.